Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey there, Nerd Clan. This episode of The Potterverse is brought to you by none other than MinuteWithMary.com. Listen, this is November, and November is the time when not only you have to start thinking about presents for your loved ones and your friends and your coworkers and your dog sitter and your babysitter who you probably see in Zoom right now. Who knows? <laughs> but also you treat yourself. I mean, who doesn't go shopping for themselves in the holiday treat season? Yourself. Right? Treat yourself. This week, if you're listening to this episode, the week that it comes out, I've got a lashes treat yourself where you can get my best-selling 4D mascara and either a lash serum to grow your own lashes stronger, okay. and you can use it in your brows, or a lash primer to take your results to the extra next level with a deep conditioning treatment that volumizes and lengthens your lashes. Basically, your eyeballs are the only part of your face showing right now. Or if you're on Zooms, you want to like make sure people people can see that you have eyes, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're on this little screen. Let's get you some lovely lashes. I know for me, it makes me feel like a million bucks. I got the major hookup for you. Head on over to minutewithmary.com. Click on shop now and you will see the lashes bundle. You're welcome. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to The Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film universe of Harry Potter. So grab your favorite wands and time turners. Let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. And welcome. My name is Mary Larson. Oh, my name is Blake, and I cannot believe. My name is Blake. Cannot believe what? that we are just we're done with the Chamber of Secrets. We're just done. The you know, book is done. That's I'm, it. I'm really excited for Prisoner of Azkaban. I've, I've enjoyed Chamber of Secrets. I think this might yes. be my favorite time of reading the Chamber of Secrets, and maybe it's because it was your first time. <laughs> That's what she said. I know. Like, I'm just happy that I was able. That's what she said. <laughs> to to be a part of this with you, Blake. To uh-huh. read this book where you get to, um, you, you know, the the we'll dive into this more. But there's so much fun as a seasoned Harry Potter fan to go into the Chamber of Secrets. It sure. really kind of like opens up a lot of doors that mm. we later on get to explore. But I'm so excited to keep going on to the series that I'm actually wearing my Expecto Patronum <laughs> shirt right now as I am quite thrilled to be heading into Prisoner of Azkaban in the near future. Now get your Expecto Patronum shirt at the Marion Blake store. Just go to the MarionBlakeStore.com. You're welcome, world. You're welcome. Well, <laughs> before we get into this episode of of course, um, we, and you want to know how, how deep we can go into this, of yes. course. Um, we have a quick question of the day. Yes. Where do you rank this book among the seven, Blake? Yeah, we, we asked this book, we asked this question uh, on the Sorcerer's Stone wrap-up uh, episode. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is the wrap-up and mailbag episode mm-hmm. for everybody for the Chamber of Secrets. This is listener-driven, so this is what we're here for, and this is how we want to begin it. Where do we rank this book among the seven books? And it's so hard. It is it's hard. like obviously the most fresh on our brain. I'm putting this. I think I'm going to put this 
Can they all just be first place for me? <laughs> no, no, no. I think I'm going to put this. <laughs> I'm going to put this fourth, I think. Okay. I'm going to put this fourth. All right. What uh, what are above it? Um, Azkaban. Okay. Uh, Hallows. Okay. Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Oh, gosh. No, I'm going to put it fifth. I'm going to put it fifth because I really so love- hard. I really, really love um, uh, Half-Blood Prince, and then yeah. it's going to be this. Okay. That's going to be this. This, you know, this is funny, above Sorcerer's Stone. Is those me. are the books that you actually read. <laughs> I know, that's true. Good point. <laughs> Before we decided to do the Potterverse. Well, those of you who are watching us live, uh, please comment with, right now, after you're having the Chamber of Secrets fresh in your brain, the order of the books that you enjoy, uh, top two, top first being you know your first favorite. And as regards for me, I'm going to tell you, honestly, it is very, very hard for me right now. Okay. I think that I'm going to have a clearer head about ranking of books um, in the next couple of books as... It has been a while since I have gotten into to Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire, even though I must say that Goblet of Fire has been playing in our house nonstop for oh. the past two months, oh I'm pretty gosh, sure. Oh my gosh, I know. It's, oh, it just won't end. Our children's echo. That's what they're listening to on Audible all the time. And like, it's all fun and games until Cedric dies, okay? It's all fun <laughs> and games. And then my kids are asleep and I'm like, do I really want them to be listening to this graveyard scene while they're dreaming? No. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, I, as I said earlier, this was my favorite time reading this through. Maybe it's because we're taking so much time with it. Maybe it's because I'm experiencing it with you for the first time, oh, Blake. Um, but yeah, so before we get into this That's episode, we of course <laughs> would love to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're just finding us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter for the first time, you can actually subscribe so that the newest episodes of the Potterverse are automatically sent to your phone. Or you can head on over to maryandblake.com. We have a slew of other podcasts there. And we've got fun stuff going on at our patron website, jointhenerdclan.com. Once again, that's jointhenerdclan.com. In particular, next week, we just can't get enough of, of British accents with Harry oh, Potter. Oh, my God. We're all about the British life you know? right now. We're going to be like diving deep and doing a binge watch and podcast of The Crown Season 4. So we did a podcast for The Crown Season 3. At yes. some point, we'll do Seasons 1 and 2. Blake never watched Seasons 1 and 2. We are going to literally binge an episode, podcast right after about it. Binge an episode, watch a pod, do a podcast right after. And we are going to do all of the newest episodes of The Crown, which comes out on Netflix this weekend. <laughs> in three days. In three days. It's going to be bananas. And it's only available to our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. Yes. So if you're a fan of The Crown and you're a fan of Blake and myself, make sure you head on over. Not only will you be getting the audio version of the podcast, Keep Calm and Crown On, but you'll be also, too, getting the video version of what we're doing just like right here, right now, uh, as we're recording the Potterverse. So oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm very excited that. about that. Yeah, yep. I need to brush my hair when we do the Crown. <laughs> oh, I'm binging it. I won't be able to be like my Netflix binge attire. Oh, no, you can. It'll be fine. It's, 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 it's for all of our friends. Oh, all right. right, let's get into the show. Let's do it. I firmly swear that I'm up to no good. So, we're going to start things off by reading reading these books. Yes. <sighs> we, we've rated it with lightning bolts. Yes. How many lightning bolts are you giving Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets? A four point... Seven. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to go higher than that. I, you know, I had 4.8. I had 4.8. But it's a seven. I need to make room. 
I need to, and that's really the only that's reason. Because it's only going up from here. Yeah. Like the bell curve has to be somewhere. Yeah. So it's a 4.7. Uh, I don't remember what you gave uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. I think I gave Stone. it a five. Did you really? I probably did. So do you think you like this book less than the Sorcerer's Stone? Yes. How come? Because Sorcerer's Stone introduced me to the world of Harry Potter. Sorcerer's Stone has a very, very special place in my heart. Um, we get to learn and love about Harry and we enter the wizarding world through his eyes. Okay. Um, I think sequels always have a difficult time following something so original. Yeah. I, yeah. You're just going to stick with that? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with uh, 4.6. Oh, so we're in the same realm. We're in the same realm, but it's it's still below. It's still below. It's still not a five, but it's still an A. Yeah, but because you see, I have to- It's a solid A. I have to like this more than the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, okay. I do. And I gave uh, the Sorcerer's Stone 4.5. Okay. Uh, And I, I like it better. Not much better. But I know that things are only going up from here, so I have to stick. Preach. If if I if anything, I'm going to give it a four point five nine. But it's a four point six. I'll go with that just because there's there's some really good things happening in this book, and we're going to get to them right I now agree. with uh, G B G's Marvin. You're good. You're bad, and you're great. Okay. For the Chamber of Secrets. What do you so got? So my good is just to see the relationships continue between these children, between the students. Whether it's you know the Draco and Harry dynamic that really really gets fleshed out a lot inside this book, or if it's just how the trio themselves have solidified and no longer is Hermione this person out. Mm-hmm. Granted, she's out of half the book because she's <laughs> petrified or furry, but just how they're able to trust on each other and really rely on each other's strengths and weaknesses uh my bad and this is so petty but just the unbelievability of it all reading it as a teacher so when i read it before uh, you know when that's I first... petty, kid. okay i don't think that's petty i think Good. that's a clear i think that's a very constructive criticism okay like you know when i first read it i was going i was in high school so you know no matter what you're like yeah these 12 year olds wouldn't have been able to do all of that but now as someone who has been a teacher who is an adult who's a parent i read this and you know i can't get it out of my mind like where was justin fitch fletcher's parents when he was petrified for half they were the year? they were off in mallorca do you want to know why yes because they don't care about jff the, nobody they, does <laughs> they were with the weasleys right um he you know sucks. or just the fact that like the professors don't really notice the kids doing this stuff just that that little bit that every once in a while irks me. And I know it's a children's book and I know that it's fiction. I need to get over it. But that was something that bothered me a lot in this book. Whereas when the children get older, yep. it is much more believable to me because I do understand once Harry has the Marauders map and can get around a lot easier mm-hmm. and he is older and he has a lot more respect from the teachers. And he's actually a lot more transparent with the teachers at that point. Yep. You know, we see his relationship with Lupin in the next book. So that's my bad. And then my great, my great is reading this this time, not only with Blake for the first time for mm-hmm. him, but seeing it through a different lens. I'm really challenging myself this time through the series to read it and pay particular attention to everything that happens with Snape. And Snape isn't mentioned that much inside this book. You know, he's really one of the minor professors, but the little bits that we do get to see of him, knowing the future of what happens, and also seeing it through Dumbledore in this particular book. Um, Seeing, as I said, doors that have been opened, horcruxes, and some of my favorite lines of the series are from this book. So Mm. lump that all into one big great. (laughs) That's my great. (laughs) All right, for me, the good. Uh, The way that the author very casually expands Mm. the universe without being overt, without being like 
this is important. It's 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 just very <laughs> casual. It's things uh, like Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle, the way that the character is introduced, uh, things uh, like expanding a little bit more on Nocturne uh, Nocturne Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, the the magical nature of how uh, things can be manipulated, like the car, yeah, um, and even invoking some of the history of the world uh, that they're in, um, including how Hogwarts was founded mm-hmm. and the the four founding members, what happened between them, why Salazar Slytherin was the way that he was mm-hmm. and left the school, expanding the universe so that even like the. The idea that there are classes inside the universe, you know, right, right, right. exactly. There, there, and there's not only classes, but there's hard divides between mm-hmm. all these classes, and there is, uh, for lack of a better term, racism within this world. Not everything is is uh, you know rainbows and unicorns in this world. No, the, things get ugly here. It's not just we. Hogwarts. It's not that. It's, Anything from the trolley, dear. Yeah, like, and that's yes. cute. I, Take I like a lot. That. <laughs> that's cute. But there's bigger things at play in, yes. the, in this world. And that is something that the author does very well. <sighs> but at the same time, there's dun, a bad. Dun, dun. There's a bad. And I have a tie. For, oh, for the there's bad. a tie bad? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, the fact that the Chamber of Secrets is an almost structurally complete and near carbon copy of the Sorcerer's Stone, structurally. I find that frustrating. I will say that the Chamber of Secrets is told with, I think, more confidence Mm -hmm. and with more, um, again, attention to detail. But the fact that it's... it's just frustrating because I wanted her to do. I wanted her to do something different yeah. than what she did in the Sorcerer's Stone. It like do make the jump from like in Star Wars, from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back. The jump is the next book. That's true. Yes. That is absolutely true. <laughs> she does do that, but yeah. I wanted that more from the second book. Uh, but that's okay. And the other one is, and this is my real bad. Fox being the deus ex machina. Elaborate what that means? Just the thing that shows up to change the whole story for What's saving the day. What's deus ex machina mean? That means the thing that just shows up out of nowhere. It just It's a writing term. It's something that... Oh. Pe- that, that it's just it's a, not about a it's machine? A, no, it's a, it's a machination of the plot. I did not know that's, that's what it meant. That's why you got me, girlfriend. I thought it was a robot. Fox just shows up, saves the day, and changes the story and says, see you later, I'm out. And the only reason why Fox does that is because the book needs him to do that. If without Fox, the book ends and the story ends because Harry dies. So hashtag spoilers. Uh, the great for me. Uh, also a tie. Also a yep. tie. Uh, the the dis- distinct characterizations uh, for many of the characters mm-hmm. in multiple ways for for a lot of these characters, whether it's Lockhart Lockhart is what he is mm-hmm. and you know what he is not because of what he does of what he looks like or what he says it's the way that he acts the way that uh, I mean everything else really helps when it comes to Lockhart because there is quite a picture painted of him right exactly but if I said give me three adjectives about Lockhart without telling me his appearance what he does or how, what he says yeah. what would you say oh um, he's conniving yep and he is selfish yep and he is boastful and the fact is that 
right off the top of your head, without being prepared for that question, you could give me those characterizations like that. Yes. And once you have that, that's I mean, I real... was just picturing like his lavender outfit, but, but yes. But that's okay. <laughs> you could draw character characteristics from that because that's what he is. And when you can do that, you have a real character. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. What else do I got? Um, let's see. Uh, or, yeah, if it's Tom Riddle or even the Ford Anglia. The Ford Anglia has characteristics yeah. that it's it's specific to the Ford Anglia, which is really cool. But the my real great is the book is strikingly more mature than mm-hmm. the Sorcerer's Stone. And yes, it's because of the basilisk and the rip, tear, kill, all that stuff. Sure. But really, it's because of Harry's journey of self-discovery. He doesn't know who he is. It's, it's, it's one thing to be, like I said before, wee Hogwarts. It's one thing to do that <laughs> yeah. and say, I have a home now. Yay. To, am I the heir of Slytherin? Right. Dun, dun, dun. You think it's it's again it, it's it, this is storytelling 101. Give someone something comfortable. Mm-hmm. Give them someone something that they that they believe in firmly and then flip it on them. Yeah. 100%. And watch that journey. Watch that struggle. That is what this book does really really well. It takes what Harry loves and turns it against him. Mm-hmm. Um pretty quickly and pretty easily. So that's my great. Okay. So I dig it. What do you think? Like it. All right. So we're ready to get into some analysis of this particular book with just some favorites and least favorites. And this is just like in the here moment. Right? Yeah. Th- these this can is... be, yeah, these can be quick things. Just, we have some questions here and then we're just going to go through okay. them. And then it's time for you guys, the listeners uh, who are live with us to either give us the emails or talk with us over the live chat. So Blake, who's the best character in your opinion? Tom in Ooh. Tom Riddle, by far the best character. You know what? What? I'd agree. Really? I'd agree. Oh, my God. So say we all. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. The most dynamic and surprising and mysterious. Full. Fl- I mean, he just, you get to see all the different dimensions of Tom Riddle. Right, right. And, and it's fun. It's scary, but it's fun. You know, whereas what you see is what you kind of get with um, Lockhart. Sure. You know, like Ron and Harry kind of get this inkling about him. This was a delight. Yeah, because Lockhart is what he is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's he's fun and he is character. His characterization is done very well, but he is what he is. You, you, there's he, there's more. There's not as much to him as there is Riddle, and Riddle only really appears for, geez, not even. Two percent of the book, and you get a real knowledge of who he is, his yeah. journey, and how he changes. Uh, I really like that. Uh, all right, worst character for you? I'll let you go first because oh. I don't think we're going to agree on this one. This one's easy. This one's so easy. Okay, JFF. Okay, I thought he you were going to say him. Smells. See, here's the disagreement. We have love for a Muggle-born right now. Mm-hmm. It's Hermione Granger. And we're able to get a lot of the visceral hatred from Draco Malfoy and everything about someone we already love. But we need to understand that it's not just Hermione. Mm-hmm. That there are many people who are Muggle-born. And granted, they could have gone after Dean Thomas, mm-hmm. who is a Muggle-born boy in Gryffindor, who we've gotten to know a little bit. But we need to understand the scope 
of Hogwarts. We need to appreciate that it's not just Gryffindor versus Slytherin, sure. that there's other houses. You know, later on, we get to know a lot more with Ravenclaw, thanks to Luna Lovegood, mm-hmm. and we lean a bit more into the Ravenclaw time. This this book, we get to hang with the puffs a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's particularly the worst character, yep. but I can appreciate his one-dimensional nature, but he serves a purpose. Is that fair? Nope. <laughs> JFF smells. <sighs> he smells. He does not smell, Blake. Uh, well, it, it's a better word than what I want to say. I know. <laughs> I know. All right, so who is your worst character? In this book? In this book. Percy Weasley. Why? That's that's interesting. Because I got to be real with you. I never read him as the red herring. Really? No. I never was like, it's Percy. He's the one opening the Chamber of Secrets. Like, And I know that that's what he was designed for throughout this entire book. Yep. I was so bored with hearing that Percy was happy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, Percy's happy. There's a million Weasleys. Like, why do we keep having to talk about him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we get it. He's a prefect. Like, he... And maybe it's because I relate with Ron, but Percy just got on my nerves. Okay. Okay? Yep. And I just feel like there's enough Weasleys... And I didn't fall for the red herring thing. So All right, good. All there right. we go. Best moment. Best moment. Best moment for you uh, in the Chamber of Secrets. In context of the entire book series or not? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say Excuse not. Me I, I'm, I'm going to say subject okay. to just Well, then this you book. go because now I need to find something else. And I will mention what it is that I thought. Anyway, you, you go. What's your best moment? All right. Uh, for me, ah, God. You know, I know I made a big deal of this uh, when it happened, and I'm going to reiterate that big deal. It's that small moment when Harry finds Ginny, and he's out there looking for something. He's looking for anybody to help him, and Tom Riddle shows up. And he says, Tom, you got to help me, you got to help me, you got to help me. And Tom doesn't do anything but just lean against the column very casually and has no sense of urgency mm-hmm. or anything. It just leans against the column and says, she's not going to wake up. I love that moment because it says so much about Harry. It says even more about Tom Riddle and the malignant force that he is. Just there's a little girl dying and he doesn't care and he's not doing anything and he knows it and he knows that he's just taken advantage of Harry this entire mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And he's a man that's confident and knows the 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 plot and what's going to happen. And the fact that it can be characterized that well is spectacular. So that is my favorite moment of the story. What do you got for yours? So it's hard for me because as I said, it's hard for me to not look at this in relation to the entire story, mm-hmm. to the entire Harry Potter, the Potterverse, if one may. Oh, look at you. Branding, hey, got to protect the shield. Right? Um, Dumbledore took the diary from Harry and peered keenly down his long, crooked nose at its burnt and soggy pages. When Dumbledore holds the Horcrux. Okay. And also within this tells Harry it's all about the choices and he tells Harry that Voldemort has put a little piece of him inside of him. Okay. 
So here he is holding it, realizing that Voldemort was able to do some really crazy magic, Mm -hmm. knowing what he was looking into, knowing the possibility of what he's potentially holding, realizing that he needs to tell Harry about this. And Dumbledore is really like he's on the precipice of figuring out some major pieces right here. And yet Harry's way too young to tell him, you know? (laughs) That's true. And he's also, what I feel like now this time reading it through, he has tested Harry to see if Harry makes the right choice, to see if Harry makes the valiant choice, the selfless choice, the right choice. Mm -hmm. And he does. Right. So, sorry that I can't just say it. No, that's okay. But that's how it is. No, that's fine. That happens. All right. Uh, worst moment. Worst oh. moment of the book for you. Something that you read and you roll your eyes. You say, oh. The death day party? I mean, like, it didn't yeah. really do anything for me. I'm going to, I'll go with you on that one. Uh, you guys obviously know mine, it, and that is Fox showing up at the end of the book. I just, I found that to be such a, such a manipulation of the story and one that was uncalled for. Okay. One that was, it didn't do anything other than fix the problem. See, and that's but it. you needed it. You needed Fox to come and save the day and get them out of the chamber. Whereas the but death why, day party. But why do you need Fox to do that? That's the question. Because they're down miles deep into the ground, Blake. How else are they going to get up? Yeah. They can't win Guardian Leviosa themselves. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can, but I doubt 12 year olds could. All right. So uh, death day party for you. Yeah. Worst moment. Well, you know, I just feel like we we start to really get in, involved with the ghosts and we do have some time with them later on. But this just was not one of my favorite ghost moments. Yep. Um, it was interesting. It was whimsical. But then it nothing else really from it. Granted, we need to have a little bit more emotional investment in Sir Nicholas because yep. he gets petrified. So I appreciate yeah. that. But... I mean, the proof's in the pudding, too. They cut it out of the movie. Like, right. it's just not... It's it, not, it was not something it. for them to be at so that they were not at the Halloween feast. Yeah, in, in, I, I agree. And in the film, Sir Nicholas gets uh, petrified, and you still feel just as bad. Yes! You still feel like, oh my God, that happened. Yes. And you don't need the death day party to do no. that. So it was fun. I also think, too, because it's not in the movie, um, I don't get to visualize all of that whimsy. I wonder if the death day party was included in the movie, mm-hmm. if it would be something that we as, you know, nerds would incorporate into our Halloween. Would sure. we have, you know, you think of all the things, you think about pumpkin juice, you think about all the things that we think of as Potter and we incorporate, and because... Eh, yep. we haven't. I just, yep. just nothing much. Is the book too long? Too cumbersome? No. No? I, I would suggest that it might be. I mean, Those I don't first call number, it long compared to everything else that is in the series. I up. would agree. Coming up, we're going to have the, the books double in size, mm-hmm. uh, effectively. Even more so in not some the cases. Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban is not that big. But once we start getting into Goblet the fire, books, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would say that it is a tad too long. Um, Death Day chapter being one of the chapters. I that would could disagree be totally because cut. if you had to wait, if you had to wait a year to get another book and to enjoy the series, you know, if you're having fun in the the magical world of Harry Potter, like you want to really savor it, you sure. know. And if it's too short, you don't get to have that. And so much of it, they still do have to flush out the universe. So, I will appreciate your thoughts that yeah. you think it's too long. I don't think it's too long at all. What are your thoughts on how Harry begins and how Harry ends the book? Because that is, I think, probably the most important part of the book. How does our hero begin? How does our hero end? What would you say that is? I love it. I love the book ends that 
that the author does just with it really kind of being the school year, like, you know, the end of the summer and then into school and then going and returning home with a lot more confidence. Um, and as I said, one of my favorite things is just the relationships and how they strengthen in this book. And yep. he starts off this book with the worst birthday, feeling alone, mm-hmm. feeling like he had a taste of something and it's no longer real. And he really has solidified that through this book. Right. So and I would argue also with you, Mary, to back you up. He might argue with me. Uh, sorry, I would argue to back you up. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he starts off the book alone in the, the worst birthday, yes. as you said, in the muggle world. He ends the book quite literally mm-hmm. walking back into the muggle world with his friends yes. in complete control of who he is mm-hmm. at that moment and being confident and joking about the fact that the Dursleys would be upset with him for not dying during yes. this whole thing. Yes, And he has a renewed and reinvigorated f- friendship that he's no longer mm-hmm. alone. He doesn't need the Dursleys anymore to give him a good birthday or whatever. He has his friends. He has his family. He has Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And he's confident in who he is because of the trajectory that he's gone on throughout this entire book. Yep. Uh, do they do Hermione dirty in this in this book? Oh, do they do her dirty? I think that it would have made the book longer if we had too much more time with Hermione. And I think that Hermione would have figured things out a little too quickly. I think, yeah. I was going to say the book would have been shorter. That yeah. would have been it. So It would have ended in like chapter 10. This is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> not Harry Potter who has a really smart friend who figures things out right away and tells him the answers. So I appreciate, you know, three sometimes a crowd. Okay, let's just put yeah, it out there. Yeah. They can't all be in the Forbidden Forest. They can't all be in the Anglia, the Fort Anglia. Sometimes you just have to have two. And I think that the bromance between Harry and Ron is really something special. Sure. And I, I, I dig their bromance in this book. Yeah, and I think the author, it, at least in the first three books, m- makes it her business to consistently separate our big three by the end of mm-hmm. the book, you know, in one form or another, yeah. you know, whether it is Ron getting taken out of the picture in the first book, yep. Hermione getting taken out of the picture in the second book, or again, Ron in the third book getting <laughs> yes. taken out of the picture. Yep. Uh, that is a little bit of a crutch to me. If you're going to have three main characters, give them three main things to do uh, throughout your book. Don't just, don't put them in, it like like in Lost, don't put yeah, them in pages. jail cells, right? You, you know, we, we don't want to... nothing, John Snow. Sorry, that was the wrong yeah. button. It, it's this one that I want. We have to go back, Kate. You don't want to put Kate, Sawyer, and Jack in, in, in jail cells, okay? And that's what she does effectively in these first Well, for books. much longer, it won't be that way. But I also kind of appreciate it because this is kind of like the cooties age. Sure. So they are three kids it is hard to juggle some of these storylines with them all together and i think that the author starts to figure out that balance we, as we go on uh, as we go on i think that's really important too because we have discussed harry's arc harry's arc i think is a strong one mm-hmm. do you think as we asked in the sorcerer's stone do you think his uh, other characters arcs are as strong as no. harry's or do they even have one like does hermione change at all does ron change at all i think that they have an arc between sorcerer's stone and here i think both ron and hermione have had major arcs um 
within themselves and within how they interact with each other and heck even just how they think about the wizarding world sure so but i wouldn't necessarily say that they have a major arc from the beginning to end of this book but i as i said from the beginning of when we met them till now i do think that ron and hermione have changed i remember in the sorcerer's stone there was a standout arc and that was actually neville uh neville's journey in the Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. what I think was important. One, where he didn't know really who he was, if he was even capable of doing magic. He uh, kept on losing Trevor, trying to find him. Uh, and Trevor. finally, at the end of the book, he stands up to Harry. He mm-hmm. stands up to the big three. And a- after you know getting uh, frozen the way that yeah. he did, uh, he comes back to life. He helps, Hog- he helps Gryffindor uh, win the House Cup. Dumbledore praises him and... The, the the small thing that I think few people recognize is that he has Trevor at, as he's confronting Harry, Ron, and Hermione. The, per, the, the, the thing that he's yes. been chasing this entire time, he's finally confident, has Trevor, and purposely lets him go to stop Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I, that's like It doesn't seem big, but it really it is. is. It yes. really is. I don't see another standout arc like that in the sort in the. Chamber I mean, of you have the opposite for Gilderoy Lockhart, who's out on this pedestal, and we have Hermione, who has been the smart person, who's the person with the facts, sure. telling us like he's brilliant, he's amazing. But because we see Gilderoy Lockhart frequently through the bromance lens, mm-hmm. where Ron just hates on him the entire time, and Harry, uh, you know isn't really buying Gilderoy Lockhart that much. Um, it goes down very quickly. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the ending. But I would agree. I don't think it's a major arc. Are you okay with the structure of the book following such a similar pattern to The Sorcerer's Stone? I am. I would not be okay if the third one went this way. I would agree on that one. I think that the author, you know, this was her first foray, The Sorcerer's Stone, and it worked. And it was like, all right, well, I guess I can write a second one and just followed that same template. template. Um, But then with her confidence growing, with the confidence in the fandom and the world, really she took that and just blew it out of the water. And I think it's really great because you think 11 and 12 year olds, simple stories, Mm -hmm. you know, get, get this going. But as we move on, it is fun to see the evolution. All right, Mavi, you ready to release the hounds? Yes. You got anything else you want to say about this uh, no. as a wrap up or anything? No. All right, you ready to release the hounds? I am. Let's do it. Okay. Oh, Miles Head. All right, the first question that we got from an email, uh, by the way, uh, people who are watching live, please set your questions into us with the lightning, lightning bolt, bolt emoji. emoji. We will know that it's a question or a comment that you want us to read. Uh, and for Even those if of you, you put it before, just put it in. Yeah, now. put it again, because uh, we, we haven't been able to see all of them. Uh, and for those of you who are listening on the podcast app, you're not alone. You are not left you out of the picture. You are not alone. You are more than welcome to send in your questions after this episode and in the next episode or whatever. We will get to them. We will bring them up and we'll talk about it. Uh, but for now, we are dealing with the emails and the people who are watching us live and on all Correct. the various channels that you can find at just search Mary and Blake or hashtag the Potterverse. Hmm. All right. The first one comes from Patricia. She says, hello, Mary and Blake. Something that has always puzzled me is why Voldemort could have a corporeal form hmm. within with the first Horcrux as is uh, 16 and 17 year old real self when it was created, but not within the rest of the, the objects looking as he would have looked when they were created. Any ideas? Thank you. So love watching you guys create your 
podcast. Marvin, Great thoughts? question. So I think, I mean, the way that I took it is he was sucking out Ginny's life force and life energy, mm-hmm. and that's what made it different versus the other Horcruxes did not necessarily have that purpose. Um, and he does need to still take like life force and pieces of people. So when he comes back in the fourth book, you know, he needs to have Peter Pettigrew's arm and he needs to have the blood from Harry. So he needs pieces of people to come back to life and i don't think i don't think he had the foresight to say maybe i should put little pieces of me in this like fuzzy person form in everything sure um i think that Ginny had to give of herself by writing that that was kind of like it's like that thing with vampires isn't that the thing with vampires oh you you have have to to invite them in your house yeah yeah and i don't think that that was you know, we can credit the Lost Boys for that lore, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like I think that that's how it kind of had to be. Like she had to invite him in to give that possession power, mm-hmm. whereas the other Horcruxes are just things that don't necessarily interact nor have a ghost-like thing attached sure. to and it. I think Patricia brings up a great point here too, which is uh, his first Horcrux is the diary. And it contains his 16 slash 17 year old self, whereas the other Horcruxes are he's they older. are they his older self? Does he take that form because that's his older self? No, like that's what I'm saying. I don't think his form comes out of those. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I, I don't you. think there's like ghost Tom Riddle in each of these. I yeah. think that was a special one that you had to have through that like okay. writing and like pouring your heart in kind of thing. Yep. Okay. Got it. Uh, Opening the door for the vampire. Good question. Denise Smallage asks, who did Riddle kill to make the first Horcrux? Moaning Myrtle. Ah, look at you. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Be- the, she was Mongo born. Yes. This one comes from Karen. They, she says, hey, Mary and Blake, first, you two are amazing. Oh my gosh, you're so kind, Karen. Thank you. Thank for sharing you. all that you do with us. I wouldn't be doing so well through the pandemic without you guys. Aww. Well, let me say that we would not Likewise. be doing as well without all of you. So, Likewise. Thank you. Second, the questions. Was Lucius really about to kill Harry over giving a sock to Dobby? I must have missed that in the first hundred or so watches of the movie, but noticed it this time. I had to go back to the book to see that it wasn't there. No. Is that the first time we hear that curse? Yes. Uh, that is the first time we hear that curse. Like they, they don't show it. They don't, well, audibly uh, indicate it in the first film with Voldemort killing no. Lily. Um, this is the first time we hear it in the film. Uh, and obviously in the book, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, Lucius does not try to kill Harry for freeing Dobby the house elf in Hogwarts in the book that when we do our movie review, that is probably going to be my bad. Yeah. It really actually is my bad. Why do you think they did that? I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? This is a dad and you're granted just recently kicked off the board of governors, but you're not just going to straight up murder a child. Mm -hmm. Just for giving a sock to... I mean, let's be real. He is the child that ruined the Dark Lord. But still, like, where are you going to go, Lucius? Okay, let's say you murder the kid you and you actually do Harry it. You can't Harry freaking Potter. You can't do it, man. I'm Harry freaking Potter. Nope. Uh, let's say you actually do it, okay? Let's just say for the sake of argument, he offs Harry. And Dumbledore okay? just walks outside and is like, huh. well, this just ruined my plans. How'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what happened there. So this, of course, is just in the movie that Lucius Malfoy does this. It's not in the book whatsoever. But okay. you know what would have been crazy? What? Voldemort would have won. Because 
they can't. He can't live while Harry's alive. That's it. Yeah, you're right. Lucius Malfoy would have been the top Death Eater. Would have been the king of the day. You don't need Peter Pettigrew anymore. <laughs> king of the castle. King of the castle. All right. Uh, next one comes from uh, oh, Karen yeah. as well, and she says, uh, "In a more general question, how does magic genetics work? Mm. Clearly, magical parents can have kids without magic, and muggle yeah. parents can have children uh, with magic. It mm. seems like it's sort of a random. And if so, why isn't the magical world much larger?" That's a good question. Uh, I, to be honest, I don't know how the genetics work. I don't. I like to think of it as like a right-handed, left-handed thing. Cool. So Very Blake cool. and I are both right-handed. We have a right-handed son. We magically have our left-handed daughter. Right. Does that mean that she would have been Muggleborn, or does it mean she would have been the Squib? Or does it mean that she would have been the the the, the yeah, witch? That's what I mean. The Muggleborn witch. Oh oh oh! Sorry sorry. Okay. Uh yeah. Um. Yeah, that's like a I good think question. of it as just like it's a thing that can happen, and maybe if your parents have it, you are more likely to have it. The way that I kind of equate it is like in the X Men universe, and let me let me just play it right okay. now. No! I kind of equate it like the X Men universe. Okay, there are certain people that have certain mutations, mm-hmm. and those mutations allow them specific abilities. And perhaps it's just a mutation of their DNA that allows them to access a specific f- force around them that, c- that surrounds them and binds them. Uh, or it's something that just allows their body to do something different than other people. Um, I, I kind of look at it like that. Either mm-hmm. you're born with a genetic, genetic mutation or you're not. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's that. Uh, and why isn't the wizarding world or the magical world much larger? That's a good question. Perhaps there are some people that don't know they have magical abilities. I like to think that if you breed with a fellow wizard, okay. you're more apt to have more wizard offspring. Sure. But like, how well, many people just go out there and don't know and hook up with a muggle? Yep. And then, you know, now you're like rolling the dice. It may not be a wizard. <laughs> but it might be. You know? Like, it could at least be a squib. Like Seamus Finnegan, his mom didn't even tell his dad until they were married. And she might have been like, I might just have like a regular muggle kid. Right. You know? I don't think I need to tell him until the baby like talks to snakes or something crazy. <laughs> Starts making windows disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good question. And lastly, is there a school like Hogwarts in America? Yes. If you could set one up, where would it be? And what houses would you establish? Now, I will say this. Uh, there is a magical how, uh, a magical yeah. school in America. It's called Ilvermorning. Yes. I don't know the houses. I don't know how it's set up. I will leave that to my beautiful bride because she is much smarter than me. No, and I'm just me. Googling it right now. Oh, okay. Well, see, I was I was buying time for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I, you were right about vamping. the house. Yes. Oh, thank you, Blake. Thank yeah. you. I was trying to give you a compliment and Aww. buy you time at the same time. You are just so stinking sweet. You know that? Yes. So I'm, there's- I'm professional. That's it was, what it comes down to. It was brought about, you know, that there is this one, because they talk about like the Salem witches. Yes. Briefly. So there's Thunderbird. Um... It's a magical bird that creates a storm wherever it flies. In a great car. The house is said to represent the soul of a witch or wizard that gets sorted into it. Uh, It's one for the adventurous people. Um, There's Puckwudgie, a short gray animal with a comically large ears native to America. Don't even know what this is kind of thing. Sure. Wampus, um, 
It's like a kitten. Okay. And then the horned serpent. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, Does it say where it is, where it's established? Like where in North America it's supposed to be? Yes. You know, like New York, like upstate. Oh, I think think that you're right. I think it is upstate New York. (laughs) I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm going to find out. Okay, sure. Uh, Mount... Mount Greylock. Mount Greylock, yeah. yeah. Where is that? Uh, Mount Greylock is... <laughs> we don't know, guys. Is it New Hampshire? I don't know. I don't know, Blake. Did you... <laughs> I got I to gotta look in it up. In the Berkshires. Now. It's in the Berkshires. Oh, it's in Massachusetts. That's right. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, because then it would make sense because of the Salem witches. Yes, So okay. there you go. Mount right. Greylock in Massachusetts. The Massachusetts boy didn't know, I know this. Yes. I know. Well, I couldn't remember if Mount Greylock was in Massachusetts or New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, but I, I couldn't. But now you know. Whatevs. All right. Uh, so there you go. Uh, this one comes from Jessica. She says, um, let's see. Well, obviously we love the casting for the most part of the adults in the movies. However, there's always been a part of me that wishes they would have been cast a bit younger of James and Lily's generation in line with their ages in the books, 21 at the time of their deaths. If you had to recast some of the adult roles, Ooh. who would you choose and why my example is i love alan rickman of course he yes. owned the snape role but i could easily see someone as such as adam driver do a solid job obviously he knows how to do brooding <coughs> cough kylo ren <coughs> kylo yes. ren um now that this is a great question you have to go back in time when they're casting these films mm-hmm. to talk like to to get those roles or if you're going to do a modern recasting who would you recast Ooh, i definitely think that um adam driver would be an excellent snape he would be an, an excellent, excellent snape. young snape yeah um young snape meaning like young adult snape not school age snape yeah no 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 young adult you know? so let's let's say well i mean see that's the issue though because they did a great job, like CGIing Benjamin buttoning Alan Rickman. Yes, uh, but I agree with the fact that Harry's parents, who were killed around age twenty one, twenty two, I wish that their ghosts were like that's the thing that's confusing. Their ghosts show up the age that they would have been if they were still alive. Okay. Versus their ghosts, their forms. Well, I don't know because in the picture they are who they are, like that age. Exactly. Like they cast old people to be in because of that picture where they're like swinging around yeah, yeah, in yeah, Harry's yeah. scrapbook yeah. that is not a 20 year old one year old couple that's what I'm saying yes so, so yeah so they made the choice to, to cast older. them the age that they would have looked at this point with sure. an 11 year old boy okay Understood. which makes sense with Sirius Black because Sirius Black little older than yes, he should be probably obviously but I mean ask Caban ages you you know <laughs> Look it's at no Bellatrix. Joke. Bellatrix don't mess around. She, no. She, she got aged. And the Weasleys are a little older, but like, let's be really, they've been having babies for three decades. So they better so be older. They're, yeah, they're fine. They have 15 million kids, just like Jenny Murray. <laughs> Freaking 46,000 yes. kids running around in Outlanda <laughs> at the Murray oh household. Oh my goodness. But yes, I appreciate the, the sentiment that his parents were a wee bit old. I, you know, for the recasting... You know, I would have to think long and hot on that. To do yeah. that off the jump, I don't think I could do that. But I would Agreed. definitely, I think if I were to recast Dumbledore, it'd be Jared Harris. Who's uh, that? The guy who played Moriarty in uh, Game of Thrones. I'm not Game of Thrones. Um, oh. uh, Sherlock Holmes, no, Game of Shadows. I, I couldn't do that. Uh, I, I would do that. Um, like an older Dumbledore? Yeah, older Dumbledore. Not new, not young Dumbledore, okay. but older Dumbledore. I if I had know. to recast the film for today, okay, I think that's who I would pick. Um 
Oh, that's a good one, though. I really like that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay, so uh, I think that's it. That's all we got for the emails. We have a bunch of questions here in the live. Okay. So let's get to them, shall we? We shall, my love. We shall. Thank you. And um, thank you for those of you who have submitted questions. Once again, the lightning bolt really does help us. Okay, so as I'm going here. All right, Denise Smolich asks, Hermione needed to have a screw-up. She needs to screw up to avoid being a total Mary Sue. I think this is in regards to her trusting and believing in Gildroy Lockhart. Not only that, but screwing up with the polyjuice potion yes. and uh and falling prey to the basilisk really You're right uh, this is hermione's like, like reality she probably could have a do-over <laughs> uh let's see what else do we got here i'm trying to i'm trying to find the, the uh, okay rebecca ann i want to know how hot you two think tom riddle is i'd be like whoa when i see him one out of ten ten being up there with zach efron and megan fox and uh of course, the Potter musical sound. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm Harry freaking Potter. Um, Mary, one out of ten. Tom Riddle. Uh, the the actor who portrayed him in this yeah, one. Yeah, just Tom Riddle, the the actor, but also the aura around oh. him. Tom Riddle. I mean, Tom Riddle, a personality. I do not go for bad boys. Do you see who I marry? <laughs> like he may be Slytherin, true. but like, <laughs> if Slytherin had a Neville, it would be Blake. <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> chasing my frog everywhere. Um, yeah. So if I was, if it was actually the character of Tom Riddle, he would not be even remotely on my sights. He okay. would be a straight up like one. Okay. Maybe two. Like I guess I would get like a, a gross goyle lower than him. <laughs> but on the flip side, he charmed everybody, and I don't think people knew how naughty he was. Yeah, I feel like I would have been able to see through that. Mm, I don't know. It's Tom Riddle. He's cute, man. If, if if one out of ten for me, I'm going eleven. Oh my goodness, man is gracious. pure fire, pure fire, just no. coming out, just flowing out of those robes. I also don't like those type of people who can woo everybody. I always think they're up to mischief. So I, it would have been a two. Denise says on a scale of normal mom and creepy middle-aged lady, Riddle is creepy hot, lady hot. <laughs> yes. Uh, Caitlin asks, just a random thought, since Harry could open the Chamber of, of Secrets, why didn't he use that as a room for Dumbledore's army? That sounds like bad juju to me, man. I don't know how they'd get out. Yeah, right? Because they'd have to go down that whole passageway yeah because it was like a big slide and then fox had to take them out i mean i'm still a little confused as to how ron and hermione got back out of it um in the latter book so maybe they took a broom i don't really know uh yes hillary asks not really a question but why did hogwarts keep the name slytherin as a house name when its namesake was a dark wizard who you know hid a muggle-born killing beast inside of its castle walls. Because they didn't believe it to be true, Hillary. The basilisk wasn't set loose until Tom Riddle came to school hundreds of years later. So yeah, there was a little bad blood and he had some different thoughts and opinions, but how many things are still up in this day and age where we're mm -hmm. like, wow, that person had some thoughts and opinions that thank goodness we have <laughs> learned that are different. <laughs> uh, Allison Fisher says, I always thought that the Potters were well into their thirties when Harry was born. So I never had an issue with the parents in the films. I had no idea they were so young when they yeah. died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 
I was always of the same opinion, like they were older. No, nope. uh, when when they had Harry, but I guess I guess not. No, nope. uh, Rachel uh, asks, how well do you feel the movie followed the book, and are you okay with the changes and the adjustments that were made in the movie? Is there anything from the book you would wish had been in the movie? So we'll definitely have these kind of conversations in our next podcast episode, which is the movie breakdown. Yes. Um. So I will be better equipped for that I will say as I said earlier one of my least favorite things if not my least favorite thing is the Lucius Avada Kedavra I'm gonna kill Harry Potter over a sock that is something that I'm not okay with Um, I'm gonna kill Harry Potter over a sock seriously aside from that I found that they followed a lot of this book pretty well some things that had to be cut out I was okay with yeah like bins being cut out like I'm okay with bins being cut out I'm okay with death day being cut out um geez what else uh, I'm I'm actually okay with the uh, scuffle between Malfoy and Weasley being cut out as well. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with that. Arthur Weasley and Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I'm 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 down with how well it was portrayed and what they took out. Aside from Avada Kedavra, I would say for the most part <laughs> in any adaptation, I'm generally okay with the choices for the most part that people use to to cut out. I'm generally okay with them. The one thing in this book that I will give you an answer about is this. An answer. I, w- I wish that they had included Harry walking out with his friends out of uh, Hogwarts. You could suggest, though, that it would be too similar to the Sorcerer's Stone and how they left that film. Yes. But like the train and Hagrid waving. It's and- different. I, I would agree. I would agree. This would be King's Cross, though. Yes, they're walking yeah. back into the Muggle world, hand uh, uh, figuratively, arm in arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that very important to the theme. Even within the film, I find that very important to the theme. Uh, so, for the most part, I would say that's the only thing that I would add back into the film if yep. I had a chance. Which is tough to say, because that film's two and a half hours long. It is. So, there's no messing around. No. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Anything else? That was uh, it. Uh, I know there were a bunch of other questions like okay. closer to the top. So let me we see can't if see I them anymore, so can, you, can you vamp for me? Okay. Just for a couple minutes. Well, just here. know that this um, has been an exceptionally fun book, even though it is a bit copied in the template of the Sorcerer's Stone. We all know that it just gets really kind of crazy from here on out. And, you know, it really has been such a joy to watch it with our kids, to read it with our kids, to read it alongside with Blake, mm-hmm. who, as I said, has never read Chamber of Secrets before this. So not only did you read it but you deep dove into it as oh, you yeah. read it <laughs> we, we we got in we, we didn't yes, mess we around did. uh yeah those are all of the and thank you all so much for staying tuned in to our reread of the chamber of secrets so we are going to be going on to the prisoner of azkaban in the near future later this week we are going to be coming out with our movie review episode after yes. watching the chamber of secrets and all of the feedback into there so please make sure that you send your thoughts at marianblakemedia at gmail.com as we want to know what standout moments gbgs of the chamber of secrets movie you have um and then we're going to take a week break so next week the week of november 15th i believe we will not be podcasting about potter as blake and i will be doing our join the nerd clan.com treat all about the crown on netflix they're going to be binging it and podcasting about it. it's going to be amazing and then the week following that which is that Thanksgiving week or is it the week after? Uh, the week after, which... We'll, we'll, we'll be heading back into Prisoner into of Azkaban. Potter, yes. Yeah. Uh, one last question from Caitlin. She asks, how would you feel about a Lockhart spinoff? 
<laughs> no, thank you. However, I would like a little book. You a know how novella. Well, you know, um, oh, the author like has written books? like the author's written fake school books yes, for yes. the students, I and they just kind of came fun. out. That would have been like fun. if she came out with Magical Me. Yes, like I oh think that would be fun. I think yes. that would be really fun. My answer to this question is actually going, I think, to surprise you. I do not want a Lockhart Lockhart spinoff. I'm not surprised because he exists in this film, and he's perfect in this film okay. for what he is. He's perfect. I don't okay. need to know anything else other than what he did in the chamber of secrets, mm-hmm. but having a book magical me, that's similar to fantastic beasts, mm-hmm. let's say, or um, not the movie, but just the book. Yeah. Yes. Uh, or uh, the, the other one, um, tale of the beetle and the bard that would, that would be cool. That would be a cool addition to, to the world of Harry Potter, just to just to have magical me yeah. and see his it face, and it, it would be a lot of fun. So uh, that's what I think. Okay, so uh, as Mary said, this is um, well, we're going to be having our Chamber of Secrets movie review this Thursday coming Correct. up, and then after that, we are taking a week break from Potter. the Potterverse because yep. we are going to be doing Keep Calm and Crown on at jointhenerdclan.com. So if you do want to hear our thoughts about the crown. Go to jointhenerdclan.com. So I'm so excited. All the it looks, it looks so <laughs> it really fracking good this season. We're here for Diana. Oh, I'm all about the Diana right? life. Oh gosh, I'm I'm Diana. Is we, just, we digress. Oh, okay. And then so then after that, once that week is completed, the following week we'll be jumping back into the Potterverse, heading headfirst into. We do want to remind you that not only at jointhenerdclan.com do you get the crown episode, but those of you who are members there at the clansman level, you will be getting a holiday card from Blake and I. And that you need to you need to make sure that you are signed up by Thanksgiving if you want to get on the holiday card list. Mm -hmm. And then if you are at the Sassanok level at jointhenerdclan.com, you're actually going to get a gift, and I can promise you, as a fan of the Potterverse, you will love this gift. And Outlander too, I will say that. Yes. You will yes. love the gift if you're a fan of Outlander and Harry Potter. It, it yeah. is, it's a it's a, a rare crossover that yeah. seems to work very well, I'll just yes. say that. Sweet. So uh, so that's that. Anything else you got to say about this, Marvin? That's it, that's right. it. Thank you guys so much. Let's call it quits, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. As always, we appreciate you and we thank you so much for being with us, being our Lumos in the time of Knox. 2020 has been a heck of a year and we're excited to continue the Potterverse with you. If this podcast has brought you joy, has brought you some laughter, please, please, please tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and a five-star review in your podcast app of choice. This helps the community of the Potterverse grow. Well, don't go leading them. If, if they feel that we deserve leave. a four, if they feel we deserve a three and God forbid we deserve a one. I want an honest review. That way, if we suck, I want to get better. You know? I don't want everybody telling me that I'm great. Who, I, who am I? Lockhart? <laughs> I, as much as I love them, I, yeah. I, I want to know the honest stuff. So <laughs> if we suck, tell us. And if we think you're good, then then tell us. Then, and I'm happy to do that. Either way, go to jointhenerdclan.com. Become a member there. Support Mary and I in this endeavor of Mary and Blake Media and trying to entertain everybody during this pandemic. I don't think it's ending anytime soon, ladies and gents. So, Did you not hear the news? Oh, yeah, there might be a, uh, From a, a vaccine. Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. What else? We got to brush up on our British accents. With all the stuff from the crown that we got coming up. <laughs> Maybe they'll give us a shot if we say. We're going to be say. dual citizens. 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, my name's Mary. My name is Blake. Mischief Managed. into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.